This is episode number 52 with New York Times best-selling author, decorated fighter pilot, and Hall of Fame keynote speaker, Waldo Waldman. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. On this show, I bring you people who have been hyper-focused on becoming the best version of themselves up to this point in their lives, have seen great success in doing so, and continue to work on themselves day in and day out. Today's guest, Waldo Waldman, is going to blow you away. Waldo flew 65 combat missions in an F-16 fighter jet in places like Iraq, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, and Kosovo, just to name a few. He's a New York Times and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of Never Fly Solo, in which he talks about stories from his combat missions, his learning experiences from them, and how he applies them to his life and his business. Waldo is going to give you guys and all the listeners of the Best You Podcast a special offer to get his book for free on audio. So stick around to the end of the episode and he'll tell you how you can do that. Waldo is a Hall of Fame keynote speaker who works with some of the most successful organizations in the entire world, like Home Depot, Bridgestone, Caterpillar, and the Denver Broncos, just to name a few. I'm super excited for you guys to dive into this episode. In this episode, Waldo talks about the importance of surrounding yourself with people who are better than you and areas of your life that you want to improve in. He talks about how he and his wingmen would prepare for missions and how he uses those same principles in the business world. He talks about his fear of heights, his claustrophobia, the scariest moment that he's ever had, and how he was able to attack those things and not let them hold him back. Waldo even gets into what he's not doing right now in his business that he wants to start doing and how he's going to be able to start taking action on this. This episode is going to inspire you to take action, to push it up as you'll hear Waldo say, and to take yourself to the next level. When listening to this show, be a wingman for someone else, for a friend, for a family member who wants to take their life, their business, their fitness, their health, or their relationships to the next level by texting them this episode. The Apple Podcast app and Spotify make it super easy to just share this link with a friend to let them know how great Waldo is and the lessons and messages that he shares are. And when you're done with the episode, leave it a quick review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. I'd love to hear what you guys think of Waldo and what your favorite quote of his is. My goal of this show is to bring you guys accessible and free inspiration and tools so that you can upgrade yourselves every single week to chase down your best you. If you could do me a little favor and rate and review the show, it would be a huge help in our efforts to get it into more eyes and ears. It only helps others as well because we're all in this together. The more people hear these messages, then the less people are going to make excuses, the less they're going to take on that victim mentality, the more they're going to lift each other up, support others, and take action on their dream, which is beneficial to all of us. Also, let me know you're listening to the episode by taking a screenshot of it and posting it on your Instagram stories. You can tag me at carrier underscore best you and Waldo at Waldo Waldman to let us know what your favorite part or your favorite takeaway is. To connect further with Waldo, you can go to his website, yourwingman.com, where you can sign up for his mission ready program, which involves some great videos to keep you inspired. And you can get a copy of Never Fly Solo. Or again, at the end of the interview, he's going to give you guys an amazing opportunity to download the audio version for free which is normally $20 on Audible, so don't miss out on this awesome offer. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on getting closer to the best version of yourself today with decorated fighter pilot, New York Times bestselling author, and Hall of Fame keynote speaker, Waldo Waldman. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Nick Carrier's Best You Podcast. I'm fired up for today's interview. I have a legendary decorated fighter pilot, a Hall of Fame speaker, a best-selling author, and performance coach with me today. So I appreciate Lieutenant Colonel Rob Waldo-Waldman for spending the time with me today. Thank you so much. You got it, Nick. Great to be here, bro. Awesome. Well, I know I'm going to, I know I'm going to get a lot of value from this and I hope everybody else is uh, super excited to listen to you as well. I got done finishing Never Fly Solo not too long ago and super inspired by that book. So I know we're going to dive a lot into that, a lot of the stories that you share in there, um, and then maybe some of your current uh, challenges and current struggles and how you're currently working on becoming the best version of yourself. Uh, but the day I, way I want to start is just starting starting off by thanking you for your service um, and thanking you for um, already being a little bit of a, a coach to me and helping out helping me out with certain things that I needed help with and needed a little bit of correction on. So I want to start off by thanking you for that um, and, and being by my side there. You got it. Well, the day, way I want to start really is because I feel like you've done so many different kind of or had so many different roles in your life. You started 
to, to start at Air Force Academy. You went to Air Force Academy. You went through pilot training. You were an instructor, instructor of an instructors. You flew 65 combat missions in the F-16. And then you went to graduate school, got an MBA in sales and marketing. Now you're a, a business guy uh, and a performance coach and a, and a best-selling author. So you have all these kind of roles and identities, if you will, um, that kind of require different skills and different expertises. Right. So what I want to ask for you is, What's the most important or what are some of the keys to reinvent yourself and to evolve in a successful way? One, I think, is, is the most critical, and it has to do with our relationship, the ability to, to be coached, to be receptive, to feedback, to ideas, to have insights and uh, uh, feedback from people who you build relationships with who are smarter than you, hopefully have the same core values that, that you are, or, or playing up a level. You know, to be the best you, you've got to be around folks who are, are doing what you want to do uh, better. And building those relationships is so important. And, you know, I went to lunch yesterday. One of my, my kid goes to a private school. I'm fortunate for that. And I, I build relationships with some of the dads, the wing dads that are there. I meet once a month with this guy named Josh. He's 47 years old. I'm 51. And we were sitting down last uh, yesterday over breakfast and just talking about ideas. And he's giving me some great things about his relationship with his wife and his kids. He's got two young girls. And it just sparked some, some ideas for me that I needed to hear with my own son and with my own paradigm of what I think is being a successful dad or a successful father that, that made me more thankful for this relationship that I have with him. Now, I may, may, more, may, may make more money than him. I'm, I'm a little more successful business-wise. I've been doing it a little bit longer. But sitting down with him gave me ideas, not just on business, but on life, how to be a better parent, how to be a better dad and a husband. So surrounding yourself with people and building those relationships and then acting on those relationships, showing up, having breakfast, being an empty vessel, uh, being okay with criticism, not with judgment, because judgment is never good, but criticism on your, on your performance, on your health and fitness, on how you're dealing with your relationships is so key. So that primarily is the most important portion of getting better. That's why I wrote Never Fly Solo, because you can't win in life on your own. You can survive solo, but you win with others. And that's the new paradigm of success. So that's number one. I'd be happy to share others with you. Yeah, well, for sure. And I feel like I, I, I like the term empty vessel going in with a lot of curiosity and just making sure that you leave the conversation having a piece of knowledge maybe that you didn't have beforehand. Um, but is it so is it basically like finding the, a gap in your life that you know you need a little support in and finding somebody else who has maybe a little bit more knowledge or more expertise in that particular area and surround yourself with them? Yeah, that, that's great. That, so sometimes you, you, you know what you don't know, right? I know I'm not the greatest with technology. I know I may not be the greatest with, uh, with video. We, we did before this program, we talked about Skype and, and uh, Zoom, and we had some challenges, and we got better. Hey, we both not kingping at it. But we know that that's a weakness. But here's the kicker, Nick, and for the folks that are watching this podcast, you need to realize it's often what you don't know that you don't know. It's when you're hanging out with somebody and – or you're, or you're watching a speaker or listening to a podcast or reading a book and suddenly that light comes on and you say, wow, I didn't realize that. That is something I need to work on. I didn't realize how, you know, fitness wasn't just about losing weight or leaning up or even getting more energy. It may be about, uh, uh, my, the, how my homeostasis is working better. It may be how I could be more, uh, 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 active in my life. It may be how I can come up with new ideas. A lot of times, you know, that book that's right behind you, I wrote while on a recumbent bike, you know, heart rates up, sweats coming out 124 to 128 uh, beats per minute, enough to keep me burning some calories. But my ideas are stimulated, not just in the shower, but on the bike. So fitness, ideas, walking, creativity. I didn't know that you could come up with ideas and why fitness was so important. So that's just an example and how, uh, how we often don't see those blind spots mm -hmm. in our life. But when we have a wingman or a wingman who sees our blind spots, who calls them out and says, Nick, man, I noticed that you're really, great and you're really in great shape. And I also see 
you're uh, you're eating a lot of fats or you still are able to whatever. Maybe it's because you're your age or whatever. But bottom line is being receptive to that those ideas and then ultimately acting on those ideas and not just BSing about them. Taking action is is the key. Do you think that those are the best ways to get your blind spots revealed to you simply through other people? Or are there other ways that you can like try to actively seek out what those blind spots are so you can find the different areas that you need to improve in? Yeah, and it's all about soliciting feedback. And, and some people are very good at getting that feedback and saying, hey, Nick, what do you got for me? We just flew today. For example, as a fighter pilot, we fly. Part of the standards in the squadron was we would debrief. And we take off our name tag, tag, tags and take off our rank and we go through this debriefing and bruise each other's egos and the gloves would come off. We were there to grow. It was combat, right? And training. We were just right. kind of complacent and, and afraid to tick each other off. We wouldn't succeed. So that was a standard in that squadron. And in my life now, as I mentioned before, I'm very open to feedback. Criticize me. Tell me what I'm messing up. Tell me how I could be better. But guess what? In life, Nick, some people aren't like that, right? Some people, you've got to marinate the steak of feedback. You've got to be very sensitive to other folks. Be very tactful. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that if you want to be a peak performer, you've got to get rid of that shield, that, that ego, that defensiveness, and be open to an ask, please, bruise my ego, piss me off, make me humble, and go back and say, wow, that conversation didn't feel really good to me. Nick called me out. Dana called me out because I was being a butthead or I could do better than that. They want they want what's best for me. Mm -hmm. Thusly, I'm going to listen to it and, and then then take action on it. What I mean, it is not just not just uh, taking action on what they said, but also doing research on your own and really digging into some of those blind spots that you can you can help. And then using the Internet, using podcasts for those people watching this, listening to this. They realize there may be a blind spot in their life or. They're doing great and want to do even better. Mm -hmm. And that, my friend, is what a high performance mentality is, right? I want to do better. I want to avoid complacency. I want to wake up tomorrow knowing that I'm the best version of myself today because I took the action the last 24 hours, week or year. And I want to see incremental steps in my growth through my, my revenue, through my relationships, through my self-confidence or whatever it is that you're working on. Mm -hmm. I is it, do you really think it is like a mindset? I want to stay on here just a little bit because I think that this skill set is something that's so important for everybody to be able to develop in order to get close to the best version of themselves and just be the best at whatever they can, at whatever it is they're trying to be the best at is to be able to take the feedback in the right way possible and not feel like it's a judgment, but feel like they're actually giving them constructive criticism. So do you think the best way to like switch the mentality is getting a lot of practice doing it or is it like switching the mindset? Cause I do feel like it's a skill set that has to be practiced and developed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be practiced. It's got, you've gotta be used to uh, failing. Number one, uh, realizing that, you know, your best self today, maybe because you took a risk, stepped out of your comfort zone, tried something new and failed at it miserably. You try to start a podcast, podcast, doing a business. Maybe you join Orange Theory Fitness where you're a coach, right? I, I joined three months ago. I've been getting up at, uh, 5.30 to take a 6.15 class. Normally he's doing a 7.31 a little later. I said, you know what? I want to take action on getting up earlier, not just because I can get more out of the way and, and leave more breathing room in my day, but because it's hard to do, right? You know, David Goggins, a Navy SEAL, really amazing, amazing guy. And he's like, do something hard every day. I'm like, what can I do that's a little bit dis uncomfortable that causes discomfort in my life uh, to say, I'm going to get up here and, 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 and make a difference and do this. So you've got to practice being uncomfortable through your own accord, through the actions that you're taking. You've got to be used to getting feedback from others, being humble. If you're in sales, guess what? The best way to deal with rejection is get used to rejection on the phone. Right. Get used to people saying no. Learn your rebuttals. And the other thing about getting better that I want to talk about, and this is a perfect tie into this, Nick, is preparation is if you want to be the best version of yourself doing a speech doing a cold call delivering a presentation maybe even getting on a podcast you saw we took a little time to set up this room 
to have better lighting. I want to be the best version of myself for you so you can provide value to your clients is we've got to leverage technology. We've got to use it. We've got to prepare for the mission. And I think the reason why most fighter pilots were confident when we flew, even though we were getting shot at on, on missions, is we studied the threat. We knew the technologies. We practiced with each other. We called each other out. We knew who our wingmen were. And that builds confidence as well because you're not doing it on your own. And essentially, we weren't winging it. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself winging it, in life and anything that you do, even if it comes to health and fitness or sales or business development or your conversations with your kid or your spouse and you're not practiced, if you're not researched, if you haven't chair fluid, rehearsed it in a chair and flew the mission mentally, even pointing out the switches, you're going to lose that confidence. And so fear is a byproduct, not only of a mindset, but it's also because of a lack of preparation. When you put in the time, when you study, when you prepare, uh, understand the contingencies that can go on. That'll also allow you to be the best version of yourself and be more confident when you're trying something new or dealing in high-pressure situations. Right. I'm glad, I'm glad that you brought up the, the chair flying because that was one of my favorite parts of it um, in, in terms of the preparation. I think that that's one of the reasons that I don't like when people use the phrase fake it till you make it because I think there's probably an application towards the phrase, but I think a lot of people think maybe use that as an excuse that I don't need to prepare as much because I can just fake it till I make it sort of a thing. Um, but I want to dive a little bit deeper into the details of like preparation before, before going on a mission and tell me a little bit about kind of what that looks like in terms of how specific y'all get, how you analyze basically any particular thing that might be able to happen. Um, so I guess just talk about what's the most important aspect of preparation going into a high pressure situation. Well, number one, I'll go through kind of a few steps here. First and foremost, you need an objective, right? A high but achievable goal, mission objective. What is it that I'm trying to accomplish today on this mission? What is the end goal? What is the target, right? Does everybody on the team understand that target? Uh, And it's got to be a challenging, compelling target, right? When you have a high achievable goal and everybody understands that goal, it's crystal clear and you know the true north. You know what you're trying to do. Now, that could be something that you're trying to do today. It could be something that you have a business objective. You know, what are my revenue goals for the month, the year? Uh, What are my fitness goals? Hey, I'm running a mile in nine minutes now and I want to run it in seven and a half within six months. Uh, Set a timeline, set an objective, make sure that it's understood. Don't be vague. Some buddies that I know were trying to achieve achieve revenue goals, and they said, I want to increase from last year. I'm like, well, how much more do you want to achieve? Mm -hmm. I made $100,000 a year. Then I said, what would it be like to make 200, then 500? Then I said, what if I broke a million? I made it a reality, and guess what? You create it in your mind first. You succeed in your mind first, and then you make it happen. Look, this is what I did on my combat missions, and this is what we did in our missions. So set an objective, make sure it's clear. Last thing, uh, you also have to uh, be relevant with your tactics and tools. Based on that target, the sales uh, individual or the sales that you want to achieve, the person that you want to call, maybe the briefing that you're going to give to a a prospect who's going to buy a product or a presentation you're going to give to your board of directors, you've got to be able to be relevant and prepared with that. Research your customer, your target, leverage social media, leverage the media, leverage press releases. You know, what technologies will you use? Are you practicing them? Are you using a slide rule calculator, so to speak? Or are you using the best, greatest technology that will be your wingman to help you deal with efficient or make you more efficient, deal with some contingencies as well? So technology can be an important wingman and then also being, like I said, being relevant with your clients and prospects, not winging it. You know, when we talked last time, we've got to study each other. I've been on your website. You've been on mine. You, you, you know, you can't fly by the seat of your pants. So understand your environment, build a relationship, 
uh, practice at that as well. And then last but not least, you want to always ask what if before walking out the door, mm. strapping into your jet to fly. Sales call, business meeting, relationship with your wife, conversation that you're going to have, a negotiation, et cetera. So what if the technology fails, right? What if a missile comes? How am I going to defeat it? What if my radar goes out? What are the alternate airfields? Who's taking over today if I get shot down? Find out the common missiles that will come and then have a plan to back you up if that contingency does happen. Now, you can't anticipate every one of the contingencies, but I'll tell you what, when we flew, we spent a lot of time on those what ifs. Yeah. So think about what those what ifs are in your personal health, your fitness, whatever endeavor you're going to be uh, going for. Right. I like all the, I like all those, but I really like the the what ifs. And it made me think about a podcast that I did, did in the past with a, with a former sports agent. And she talked about a lesson that Tiger Woods gave one of her clients, Billy Horschel. And Tiger said that he sometimes visualizes failure, like visualizes missing a putt or shanking a drive and then visualizes what he's going to do to combat that and, and come back from it. And I feel like in a sense, that's kind of like thinking of what if, what if the negative situation happens? How can I visualize myself actually coming back from it on the other side of it? And that extra step of preparation, I think, is what a lot of us probably don't do in terms of yeah. preparation. 100%. When I was getting shot at in combat, missiles launched at me. Yeah, I, I, I practiced them on the ground. I envisioned them coming at me. What were the maneuvers? What were the radio calls? What, where were my hands going? And then I went through it over and over again so that I knew what to do in combat. Uh, same thing for any strategy. If I'm going to do a cold call, what if they ask me uh, uh, about price? What if uh, I can't get to the decision maker? What if I'm giving a presentation and my PowerPoint fails? Well, I'm doing a keynote speech in front of 2,000 sales reps with Dell Computer. What am I going to do if the, if the PowerPoint fails or my mic goes out? What's my backup plan? And then envisioning what you need to do. And then this is where when you chair fly with others, and this is important for the folks listening and watching this, don't just chair fly on your own. Chair fly and rehearse with experienced people who are doing what you've done, who you can learn from, who could say, have you, have you thought about this? Have you thought about uh, this contingency or, hey, here's another technique that you can use to better deal with this objection, this uh, contingency. So be careful kind of being in your own zone, solicit feedback, study what they're doing. That will also give you ideas, tools and acumen uh, on how to be better as well. Yeah, I like that. I feel like I could talk about this stuff all day long, but I want to get a little bit into into kind of fears and specifically into some of your stories because I feel like overcoming fears is just one of the biggest things that everybody has to be able to do in terms of reaching the next level. So I want to talk about a couple of your fears um, about fear of heights. You know, you have to jump off that 30-foot diving board in order to graduate from the Air Force Academy. And then you also have, I don't know if you ever would say you would overcome it, but you had claustrophobia and I guess you've overcome it. Um, but I want you to talk about how we can actually start attacking our fears in the best way possible in order to overcome it. But first talk about a little bit about those kind of two different fears. And actually, let's go into the uh, the scuba diving incident to start, and then we'll go more into the fears. Roger that. Well, for people that don't know, you know, uh, three years of my 11-year flying career, I had a, uh, an incident where I was scuba diving uh, 30 feet under the water. My mass separated. I inhaled a whole lungful of burning, stinging salt water, freaked out. Never been scuba diving before, by the way. Thought it was easy. It wasn't. You know, I wish I paid more attention to the mission briefing, right? And so, long story short, I had a panic attack underwater. Thought I was going to die. Worst experience of my life. And I got out of the water and said, I'm never doing that again. And then a few days later, I'm back in the cockpit flying a training mission in the T-37. Weather was terrible. Couldn't see the sun. Couldn't see the ground. And I had a... Uh, uh, that same panic attack that I had a few days before, but instead of being 35 feet under the water, now I'm 35,000 feet in the air. And thought there was something wrong with my oxygen, but there was everything wrong with me. And so realized at that moment I had claustrophobia. I'm like, I got to get the hell out of this plane. I'm freaking out. And so I broke through that. It was very, very difficult. It was the longest, most difficult mission of my life. I was flying with somebody else, fortunately, and I was able to land. And then I said, holy crap, you know, how am I going to deal with this? 
Uh, and so for the next eight years, every single time I strapped it to that jet, I had this new paradigm of what success was, and it wasn't fun anymore. Flying became tedious, became fearful, because I was always afraid, especially when I was in the weather, when I was socked in, especially when it was at night and I couldn't see the ground. And, and, and basically, I had to deal with this fear and doubt and uncertainty that threatened to paralyze my ability to do what I love more than anything else which is to fly jets. So I was constantly facing my fears. And by the and I could talk a lot about this, but it got easier and easier because I, I pushed myself into that discomfort zone, got out of my head, focused on my team, practiced going through these anxious moments and breathing well. I figured out new techniques. And your mind can't think about two things at the same time. So as long as I was thinking about my students as my, as my wingman, got out of my head and became present, it, it, it became easier and easier. And so my point is, you're always going to have these fears and phobias. You know, I will never get rid of claustrophobia. It will always be there. And I can get myself into a claustrophobic panic attack right now if I put myself in the right position. By the way, flying on the airlines was even tough for me for a while. But I'm able to do it now because I've rehearsed it and lived it and broke through that fear barrier. And what I've learned is that that resilience that you build by going through those tough times, it pushes you to be your best self. It pushes you to go deep and find out why you jump into your jet every day to fly. You see, passion has to be greater than the fear. Mm. You have to love what you're doing and focus on what it is about what you're doing that you love as opposed to focus in on the bad stuff. If every time you pick up the phone to do a cold call, if every time you gave a presentation, instead you were focusing on rejection and failure and losing and, and instead of focusing on the win, the feeling of that exhilaration, how are you going to serve that client who needs you to win? the byproduct of your success, the juice that's a byproduct of it. When you focus on that, it gets you your head out of yourself and on those who you're serving and on the joy and the bliss of life, which truly drives people. And so I became stronger and more resilient. Uh, it gave me the confidence to attack other things in my life, maybe right. not claustrophobia, maybe starting my business, maybe uh, investing in, in new technologies and a new teammate. It got me to do things uh, with my fitness and my personal health that really pushed me to be better. And so when you think about those challenges, those obstacles that come in your way, you've got to think about what it is that you're fighting for, who needs you, realize that on the opposite side of that fear is where growth is. Right. On the opposite side of that fear is where life is. And if you want to grow, if you want to be a peak performer, if you want to be better than you were yesterday, face those fears, dive in, have those panic attacks, and then grow from them. And those calluses of character will become, uh, make you become a more confident, more resilient, more high-performing you. Yeah, I like that, the calluses of character part. I think that basically there's a couple of things we've already discussed. I think a big step is realizing that it is a practice and it is something that you have to develop because I think a lot of people and a lot of us sometimes think like once I'm not not afraid of this anymore, once I have this particular skill, once I have this expertise, they think like we think it's just going to like happen overnight. It's like, no, you actually have to intentionally work on maybe developing that particular skill by attacking small fears early on and building some of those calluses early on and just and just trying to be able to turn that into facing bigger fears over time because it's not going to happen overnight. If you truly want to grow, if you truly want to be a better leader, better business person, better spouse, better in the gym, if you truly want to be better, you've got to put yourself through those fearful moments. You know, if you look at fitness, I was saying pain leads to peace. Pain leads to peace. And you, as such a fitness guru as you are, you know, when you're pushing yourself, when you're sweating, when your heart rate is at, you know, 160 something, probably for you, it's probably 200 because you're a lot younger, right? When you're at that limit and you're going through the pain, when you're trying new, uh, new exercise, when you're in the end of that five mile run and you're saying, I want to push myself for the last two minutes and go all out, right? That last 30 seconds or a minute when you're doing all out on that, on that uh, treadmill. And you're going through the pain and you see you're at 99% on there and you're in the red zone. Yeah. When you're done with it and you, your heart rate comes down, you said, I conquered that. 
and the, the endorphins take over and your mindset says, I defeated that. I felt uncomfortable. I hated it. It was painful. But now I'm at peace because somehow, somewhere deep inside me, I broke that barrier and I feel more peaceful and more blissful and more confident, whatever it is. So the byproduct of those painful moments is something that you can't necessarily put your hands on or mind around. You can't wrap right. your mind around it. But it's a deep, often subconscious sense of fulfillment that you get. So when you're trying to put when you when you're trying to get better, expose yourself to these. Even if you fail, even if you can't, you know, you drop down the treadmill and you lower the speed for the last 30 seconds. At least you'll say, I, I went there, I came right. close to it, and I'm gonna get better tomorrow and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pushing up the throttle. Yeah, I definitely feel like that's like just one of those feelings you have to experience. You can't even necessarily give it the justice by just talking about it for sure. Um, but I want to kind of go into like when a lot of, I think a lot of us feel overwhelmed every single day. We feel like we have so much on our to-do list to complete. And I kind of want to go into the story of when you were flying and you lost your wingman, um, you were on a mission from, flying from Saudi Arabia, crossing over to Iraq. And you went up and you were on, ended up being on the wrong channel and lost them. Um, and basically for a few minutes, we're scrambling, trying to figure out what it was. And I think the phrase that you use is task saturation, um, task saturated. So I want to ask you about how we can best approach those scenarios where we feel super overwhelmed and maybe is the, is the way to do it by finding out what the first priority is going there and then going down the line. I guess just how do we attack those overwhelmed situations? Yeah, yeah. We're all experiencing it in our business and our lives. You know, the to-do list is getting bigger and bigger, uh, bigger and bigger. And, and, and uh, it's easy to, when you're so overwhelmed with so much to do, not to do anything. You just kind of abort and say, I'm not even taking off today. I'm just going to go take a nap. And that's not the way you, uh, you win. A few things, a great couple of tactics that are really important. Number one, you got to, manage your action items in bite-sized snackable chunks. Chip away at them. If you look at the full list, you're never going to get it done. But if you prioritize that list and put the most important strategic items up front, the ones that are going to truly move the needle, be the leverage point in creating a, a success in your day, a win, increased revenue, launching your website, writing your book, uh, uh, going on a date night with your with your spouse after a bad argument. I don't know, whatever it is. Prioritize them and then have that list down. I, I believe in old school ways, you know, checklists, items, you know, a piece of paper that you can check off, visible in front of you. And then also procedurally, when I was flying, you know, under in the heat of battle, you're going to forget things. When you're going to be at, at night, when the missiles are coming, when the pressure to perform is there and it's not practice anymore, when it's real, you're going to naturally forget some things, some procedures. Uh, you're going to forget to turn your radio frequency like I did. You're going to tune in the wrong way. Uh, you're going to have an engine failure and you may forget to you may forget an item that will help you solve that engine failure and get that engine restarted. And so we have checklists in the military. We open up that checklist under the gun and we start reading through it. We memorize a bunch of the critical ones, right? Because you may not have time to open up the checklist. But then we start looking at that checklist and checking off the items. Did I check the ball? Did I check my comms, uh, my comm frequency? Where are my switches? Did I call it on the radio? Did I ask for help? And I go through those steps. So if you're in a pressure situation, when you're overloaded, if you're about to do those type of things, have a checklist item that you can refer to and mark it off so you don't forget those things. It'll help you deal with the pressures uh, and, and change. And then also important thing is when you're overloaded is to be able to ask for help. Uh, who can you delegate to? Many solopreneurs, many businessmen and women, many folks are afraid to ask for help, for help because it's a, they think it's a sign of weakness. They don't want to come across as vulnerable to their peers, their partners. But when you hit a certain saturation point where you can't do any more and you have somebody on your team that you built a relationship with, a vendor partner, a spouse, a friend, a business associate who's in your office that you invested in, an administrative assistant, which, by the way, is a key to my business success over the last seven or eight years when I brought one on full time. Mm-hmm. Now you can delegate. Now you can train him or her to do the job. 
Now you can say, I need to focus on these near missiles. These things are going to shoot me down. Or here's a target of opportunity I must go to. I can't deal with the phone calls. I can't deal with anything else. I've got to be focused on this. That is how you also can overcome the challenges of a very busy day and a, be- a, be- a very overwhelming week. Yeah. Okay. Some things to think about. Who can you go to that, that can help you get things off your plate? And by the way, it could be an, uh, uh, a virtual assistant as well, a piece of technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but, uh, but those are some tools and techniques that will help you deal with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I've- I like those things a lot, for sure. Prioritize and have somebody else around you that might be able to assist you in the process and drop the ego. Um, but I want to, so there's a lot of great um, stories, a lot of great experiences, and, and then a lot of great lessons from these. And that's one of the reasons why I like the book so much, because you start basically every chapter talking about an experience that you've had and the specific lesson that you've learned from that experience. And I think that is what a lot of people need to do in terms of evaluating different things that they've gone through and how they can learn from them and how they can start to take action on those particular things. But what I want to ask you is, since you wrote the book, what are some, maybe one of the biggest lessons or biggest aha moments from the book that you would like looking back on it, like to put in there? Uh, that, that I, that are in the book that I'd like to put in there. That are, that. that are not in the book. Like you've learned since the book was published. Oh, yeah. Okay. Great, great question. So one of the things is the power of a mastermind. Have you heard of, the, of what a mastermind is? Yes, and sir. Most people that don't know what a mastermind is, it's a group of like-minded individuals, peak performers like you, somebody or a guy or gal, maybe a group of five or 10 of you, or maybe three. I just met with a new mastermind. We had three in our uh, meeting this past week who have your same values and core, integrity, service, they're, they're, they, they, you, they have that same juice inside of them to succeed, work ethic, et cetera. I, you don't want to have it in your mastermind group. Somebody who's really smart, but it's a slacker. Right. You're into health and fitness. If they're, if they're kind of you know, way overweight and have no care about their health and fitness, and you do, probably not the best wingman or wingman to have in your group. Um, so you want to get together with some of these folks and then share ideas, share best practices. And we talked about this before, who are going to give you constructive feedback, call out the blind spots you have your back, check out your, your six o'clock, the blind spot that you may have. And then get together with them and, and just take your mask off and go deep. And so that has been instrumental in my life on creating new business ideas uh, new ideas on my relationship uh, with my my son and with my my family. Find a mass my group, invest in them, seek them out, and uh, and and work on them. And there's a there's I have something called an ACE video series that I'd be able to share with some of you on on that power of the mass one. That's an important one. Let's see a couple others. Um, uh, is 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 to make sure that you're reviewing your victories. Review your victory. Sometimes if you look in the future, it can be easy to be overwhelmed with your, your, your life. You know, you're in your mid-20s or so, Nick. You've got a whole future. You're building this podcast. You've got so much energy and vitality. I respect the living heck out of you. I wish I had your smarts and aggression when I was younger. I was flying a jet, uh, which is probably almost as cool as doing a podcast. <laughs> I mean, so I get it. I get the juice that you're in you because we're very much alike. But you also have to look back on your life, on, the, on your week, on your quarter, on your year, and say, what did I do this past year that I accomplished? What objectives did I set for myself and I achieved them? Sure, I didn't lose 25 pounds, for example. But hey, in the last six months, I lost 10. If your goal is 25, don't beat yourself up if you didn't lose it. Look back at what you won to leap forward to achieve that success. You with me? Mm-hmm. It's okay. okay. And so pat yourself on the back. Take time to, to celebrate those rewards and fill yourself with the vitality and the bliss necessary to continue to move forward because it's easy to be overwhelmed when you're pushing yourself to achieve goals and you're coming across obstacles. We always make uh, incremental steps every day. Yeah. Um, is there a particular... biggest challenge that you have right now or maybe like like I need to learn a particular lesson or a particular skill that I do not have have yet but I know it's going to make a huge 
difference in my life. It's going to be a game changer. Like, is there anything that jumps out at you in terms of a particular lesson or skill to learn or develop that will be the biggest game changer for you right now? So for me and my business, you know, I, I do very well. I want a seven figure speaking business. I've been doing it for 16, 17 years. I speak with the biggest companies in the world, the Denver Broncos football team, a lot of different great, great uh, clients of mine. But I do realize that I also need to uh, need to expand my skill set into being a coach for other speakers. That's something that I really, really want to do. Um, I'm, uh, I'm inspirational. I have a lot of ideas when it comes to building a business, building a brand. But there's a little, little, you know, negative devil that's kind of saying, don't take the risk. You know, it's too much work. And so I've got to overcome that and put in the hard work and prepare and start building that vertical in my business so that I can go out there and, and do that. So it isn't necessarily a skill set for me as much as it is take, making a commitment and then rallying a team. You know, Tarver's in my office right now. He's my marketing guy. He's shooting video with me today. He's an important asset for me to build that vertical business channel to get out of my comfort zone of being a, just a speaker and a leadership coach to coaching other speakers and creating this new business opportunity. And why? Because it excites me. Yeah. I love teaching people about business, about success, in particular speakers who are like me 15, 20 years ago, didn't have a clue about the profession and somehow came out of the gate, practiced what I learned as a fighter pilot, as a business person uh, to win. So that's one thing. And, and it's really investing investing tactically and strategically in the right people who can help me take that step. Yeah. Like the book says, you never fly solo. You always got to have other men and women on your team to, to tighten up your jet, to fill it with fuel, to call out the threats, the radar controllers, and to help you hit the target and win. Mm-hmm. I like that because I mean, you have to, I feel like in a sense you kind of know what to do, but just haven't necessarily taken that leap yet. Um, and I really liked your the attitude plus action equals altitude thing, because I think that just taking action on things is one of the biggest separators between winners and people who aren't winners. Um, and I think that for a large portion of things in our life, we know what to do, but we don't necessarily do what we know. And I feel like in a sense, that's almost like something you're experiencing with wanting to take that next leap of coaching coaches. So what is it go, what is it going to take? I mean, you I feel like you shared a little bit with like surrounding yourself with the right people and and the right knowledge, but what is like a more of a grandiose lesson in terms of how can we start taking action on those things that we know we should be doing but aren't? So one of them is and I just mentioned it before is about breaking it down into digestible chunks of of actionable items and not being overwhelmed. It's very overwhelming to start in starting a business, to starting a new uh, fitness routine, to to do something unique in your life or your business that you haven't done before. So breaking it down and compartmentalizing and and Tarver's here. uh, He's probably laughing to himself about it because we have to sit and say, okay, step one, step two, step 10. What are the priorities? What do we need to do? What technologies do we need to do? What courses do we need to take? What processes do we need to implement to make it happen? And the courage to do that comes when you commit. Mm. The courage says, I'm in, I'm going to do it. I'm taking the leap. I'm jumping in the jet, even though I'm claustrophobic. I'm jumping off the diving board that's 33 feet, even though I'm massively afraid of heights because it's going to help me get into a cockpit. The actions must be taken and the action will create joy and joy uh, or actions will create results and then results are going to create joy in your life. So I've got to break them down, compartmentalize on them and execute on them one at a time. And I make excuses once in a while. I get too busy with my business. All right. And I'm, and sometimes we get too busy in our life to actually take those actionable steps. And if that happens continuously, it'll erode your self-confidence and kick your butt. Mm-hmm. And you can't have that. So you got to look at yourself in this today and say, what action am I taking? I'm going to bite into that, that eat the frog, as, uh, as, uh, as you heard that expression before, and, uh, and, and do the tough work and sweat. You know, we have a saying in the military, the more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in battle. That's in my yeah. book, too. You got to sweat. You got to take action. You got to put the work in, and the work will, will, will lead to results. Yeah, I love it. Well, before I get to the last, the last question, I want to make sure I respect your time, but I want to acknowledge you first for really your consistency 
or how you kind of show up from everything that I've been able to see and study about you from the videos, from your book, from just our few interactions, you've showed up exactly how you've kind of preached to others the right way to show up in terms of you've already helped me in a number of ways in terms of advice and how I can start improving myself and moving forward. And I think that's one of the things that you talk about a lot. You talk about asking for help, but you also have to lend a hand too. Um, and you don't, you didn't have to spend the time with me here today. Um, like you said, you run a seven figure speaking business, but you took the time to lend a hand to me and be a little bit of a mentor and give me some advice. So I want to acknowledge you for showing up consistently. And I love one of my favorite quotes in your book was sustained success comes from or requires sustained focus. I think that's super important. And I think that you are such a role model for that. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I have to tell you, you know, I, I researched you and we we came about, our relationship came about from, I think, your aunt or somebody, uh, right? And, and she reached Sorry. out to you. She saw an opportunity for us to connect. And, and I'll tell you, success is relative. Just because, quote unquote, I may have a successful business and doing X, Y, and Z in my life doesn't make me any more of a success than a young man like you who's out there hungry, building relationships, taking incremental steps in your life, Nick. I see you all over social media. Uh, you're, you're, you're emulating excellence every day. And, and that to me is inspiring to me. I, I love meeting people like you because you help me be a better version of myself. It makes me feel good to coach a guy like you, but it also makes me realize, hey man, I've got some weak areas in my life. I can learn from this young man. We, we often may put down younger people, millennials or whatever you call it, but we all have something to give. We all have to be open to a, a new paradigm of success in life. If we do that, by building relationships, so not just with seasoned mentors who've been there, done that, but also from the young guns like you have different ideas and different energy levels and different paradigms of success. So to me, it's a win for me as well. And I honor that uh, uh, coming uh, coming from you and, and getting to know a, a sharp gun, a sharp top gun like you. Well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Well, everyone, make sure you go get this book, Never Fly Solo. Um, and I want to make sure you get the chance to allow everybody to go find you, see what you're up to and everything like that. So where can people support you, your foundation? You mentioned the ACE program um, and, and different things like that. Yeah. So if you go to yourwingman.com, yourwingman.com, there's some little sign up things in there. You can learn about me. I've got a bunch of videos there. And if you have your cell phone and want to get a copy of Never Fly Solo, for example, it's a New York Times, Wall Street Journal bestseller. It talks about all the tactics that we shared today and then a lot more about dealing with fear and knowing when to quit and how you prepare for your business missions. If you text the word wingman to 44222, 44222 in the two box, put wingman in, put your email address in. I'll send you the audio book. It's 20 bucks on Audible. I'll give it to your entire audience for free. And you'll also get enrolled into what I call my Mission Ready program, mm -hmm. which is five videos, a subcomponent of that ACE program, and some kick in the butt uh, videos that'll, that'll to kick you in the butt and get right. you into action and put your, uh, turn your fear into focus and, uh, and accelerate your success. So All right. that's some ways. And then uh, you can reach out to me on social media, Waldo Wallman as well. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you offering that to everybody. Well, real quick, then the last question I always ask uh, all my guests is, I believe becoming the best version of yourself is a constant journey and a unique journey. I think the way that I'm going to become the best version of myself is going to be different from the way you become the best version of yourself. So I want to ask you personally, if you could currently work on or do three things to get closer to the best version of yourself, what are those three things that you could do or work on? Uh, number one is be a better listener to my wife, my spouse focus on her more and listen more and, and try to nurture that relationship. Uh, you could say I could do the same with my son, although we have a great relationship. I can always do a, a lot better with that. Uh, the other thing is, is, is having a, 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 being more disciplined around my schedule. Mm. I'm a pretty disciplined guy. I'm a military guy. People say, I don't know how you do what you do during the day. Uh, my business is pretty consistent, but I still feel like I'm com being complacent a little bit in certain areas. I know I could have my 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 day tightened up and more actionable. Uh, that's another one. Then the last one would be uh, a little bit more discipline with my with my health and fitness. I work out around four days a week, but I need more discipline to say no to that that chocolate ice cream. Right? Yeah. I need more discipline to say no to the. Uh, to the piece of chocolate. I'm just, I think chocolate's a food group. Yeah. And I, I, I sell out a little bit and I just need to just 
have the discipline to say no. Not saying that you have to be perfect. There's going to be cheat days or whatever. But at 51 years old, uh, my, uh, my twin brother just lost his best friend. I uh, was a bodybuilder and a fitness uh, champion. He was only 60 years old, still young, but he's in, he's in great shape. But, uh, but he also had some, uh, some health issues that he could have worked on a little bit more. If he had a little bit more self-discipline in certain areas, uh, who knows what, what could have happened. So I don't want to be a statistic in that regard. I think my horsepower will come from, from that discipline and mindset as well. And so those are, those are some three things that I think I can work on. And, and just know that all those things will impact your business as well. It doesn't have to be a business uh, uh, victory to impact your business, and it doesn't have to be a health victory to impact your health. They all inter they're all intertwined. They all impact each other. The holistic experience we have, uh, it's all interrelated. Uh, one one win or loss in one area of your life can affect the other. So, right. so be be holistic and and multidimensional. Uh, as you as you become the best version of yourself. So. Well, those are three great things. And I think that that last lesson is honestly one of the most powerful lessons that you can share because I think that's one of the things that I struggle with too. I think it's one of those things where if I don't see a specific result after after doing a certain action item, then I don't see the importance of it. But a lot of times it'll show up later. It'll show up in a different area of yeah, your life. Exactly. Well, well uh, Rob, I really appreciate it. Waldo, I really appreciate it. I uh, hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks for spending time with me. God bless you, Nick. Push it up and it was great to fly with you. All right, back at you. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview. Taking action and pushing it up daily is what I want to do myself, and it's what I want for all of you guys as well. One of the easiest ways that you can take action right after this episode is by getting his audiobook for free by texting the word wingman to 44222 and put in your email, and you'll get a copy of Never Fly Solo for free. Again, text the word wingman to 44222 to get the audiobook for free. If you enjoy this episode, I hope you take a second to share it with a friend that you think would be inspired by it. Share it with someone who is looking to upgrade an area of their life. Send it to your wingman who you want to further support in their goals. Also, send in a quick review to let me know what your favorite part was and let me know what you're going to start to take action on. If you just go to iTunes, you can leave a quick review there. Or if you're on the Apple Podcast app, all you got to do is click on the show, scroll to the very bottom, click write a review, and let me know what your favorite part or favorite takeaway from Waldo was. Also, if there's ever a guest that you guys want to hear from on this show, let me know. Send me a message saying I should interview so-and-so on the podcast because how much value you know they're going to bring to the show. And remember, be an empty vessel when you're around others who you can learn from. This is how you can see what the gaps are in your life that you can start to fill and that you can start to improve on so that you can get better. Remember, preparation is key. When you're heading into a pressure situation, don't just wing it. Visualize it. Prepare for the contingencies. Expect things to go wrong and then plan on how you can rebound from them if they do. And finally, don't let your fears hold you back. Try to muster up the courage to attack those things that scare you the most because you know those things are the things that are going to allow you to grow, will allow you to take your life to the next level, and will reveal to you a version of yourself that you never thought was possible. So now it's time. Pick out the one thing that Waldo shared today that struck you the most. Write it down, create a sense of urgency for yourself, and then start to act on it. Take action on that particular thing so that you can continue to work on getting closer and closer to your best you.